0: Hey friends, this is Grant, and uh, we're at our second story during this quarantine time. Dave's going to get into it in just a moment. You may notice uh, that we're using some of our music that we've had in a previous podcast, and you're going to hear that throughout this story, this song, Bayou Bayou Shiki. We wanted to let you know that as a part of becoming a patron of ours on Patreon, some of the bonus content that becomes available is access to all of the original music that we've produced for the podcast so far and any original songs that we do for future podcasts as well. So if you're interested in, in getting access to that, if you're interested in getting early access to our normal episodes and other monthly bonus content, then head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash trwl underscore podcast. We're really trying to build up a community, and uh, that's a great way for you to connect with us and to connect with you in different ways. So hope you enjoy these stories. Let's hear it, Dave. Spat Sleepy by Anton
1: Chekhov Translation by Gleb and Mary Struve It is night. Nanny Varka, a girl of about thirteen, is rocking a cradle with a baby in it, and barely audibly purring. Баяу баяушки баяу, а я песенку спаяу rock a baby, I'll lullaby you. In front of the icon, a green light is burning. Across the entire room, from corner to corner, stretches a line on which hang diapers and a pair of roomy black trousers. The icon light throws a large green patch onto the ceiling, and the diapers and trousers cast long shadows onto the stove, onto the cradle, Onto Varka. When the icon light begins to flicker, the patch and the shadows come to life and are set in motion as though by a wind. It is stuffy. There is a smell of cabbage soup and cobbler's ware. The baby is crying. It has long since grown hoarse and exhausted from crying, but it still shrills and nobody knows when it will quiet down. And Varka is sleepy. She can hardly keep her eyes open. Her head is weighed down. Her neck aches. She cannot move. Either her eyelids or her lips and her face seems to her to have become dry and wooden. Her head grown small, like the head of a pin. Rock-a-bye, baby, she purrs. I'll make you some stew. In the stove, a cricket shrills. In the next room, behind the door, the master and the apprentice, Afuanasi, are snoring. The cradle creaks plaintively. Varka herself purrs, and all this merges into the nocturnal, lulling music so sweet to hear as you go to bed. But now this music only irritates and oppresses because it makes you drowsy, and you must not go to sleep. Should Varka, God forbid, fall asleep, her employers will beat her. The icon light flickers. The green patch and the shadows are set in motion. They force their way into Varka's half-open, staring eyes and form into hazy dreams in her half-dormant brain. She sees dark clouds which chase each other across the sky and shrill like the baby. But now the wind blows, the clouds disappear, and Varka sees a wide highway covered with watery mud. Wagon trains stretch out along the highway. People with bundles on their backs drag themselves along. Some sort of shadows flit back and forth on both sides through the cold, raw fog. Forests can be seen. Suddenly the people with their bundles and the shadows fall on the ground into the watery mud. Why is this, asks Varka. To sleep, to sleep, they answer her. And they fall asleep soundly. They sleep sweetly, while crows and magpies sit on the telegraph wires, shrilling like the baby and trying to wake them. Boyu, boyushki, boyu, Vaya piesinkus, boyu. Rock-a-bye, baby, a lullaby you. Varka purrs and sees herself now in a dark, stuffy cabin. On the floor, her late father, Yefim Stepanov, is turning from one side to the other. She cannot see him, but she hears how he rolls on the floor with pain and moans. His hernia is acting up, as he puts it. The pain is so bad that he cannot utter a word and merely sucks in air and his teeth beat a rapid tattoo. <laughs> her mother, bilageya has run off to the manor house to tell the gentry that Yefim is dying. She left a long while ago, and it's time for her to be back. Varka is lying on the stove, awake, and listens to her father's boo boo boo. But now someone is heard driving up to the cabin. The gentry have sent the young doctor who has been visiting them from town. The doctor comes into the cabin. He cannot see in the dark, but one can hear him cough and rattle the door. Strike a light, he says. Boo boo boo, answers Yefim. Bilageya rushes to the stove and begins looking for the crock with matches. A minute goes by in silence. The doctor, after fumbling in his pockets, lights a match of his own. Uh, Just a moment, sir, just a moment, says Pileguilla, dashes out of the cabin and returns a little later with a candle end. Yefium's cheeks are pink, his eyes shine and have a particularly keen look, as though he can see right through both the cabin and the doctor. Well, what is it? ''What do you think you're doing?'' says the doctor, bending over him. ''Ha-ha! Have you had this long?'' ''What, sir? Time has come for me to die, your honor. I am not for this life.'' ''Stop talking nonsense. We'll have you well.'' ''That's as you please, your honor. We thank you kindly, but we understand. When death comes, what's the use?'' For about a quarter of an hour, the doctor fusses over Yefim. Then he rises and says... There is nothing I can do. You must go to the hospital. They'll operate on you there. Go right away. Go without fail. It's a bit late. They're all asleep at the hospital, but that doesn't matter. I'll give you a note. Do you hear me? Oh, sir, how will he go? Says Bilagaya. We don't have a horse. Never mind. I'll ask the gentry. They'll send a horse. The doctor leaves. The candle goes out, and again one can hear the boo 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 Half an hour later, someone drives up to the cabin. It is a cart sent by the gentry to take Yefim to the hospital. He gets ready and leaves. Then comes morning, fine, clear. Bilegeya is not home. She has gone to the hospital to find out how things are with Yefim. Somewhere, a baby cries, and Varka hears someone sing in her own voice. Why youushki you a by Bilagia comes back, she makes the sign of the cross and whispers in the night, they straightened it out, but by the morning he went to meet his maker. May the kingdom of heaven and everlasting peace be his. They say they caught it too late, should have been sooner. Varka goes into the woods and cries there. But suddenly, someone hits her on the back of the head with such force that she bangs her forehead against a birch tree. She raises her eyes and sees her master, the cobbler,
0: standing before her. Thanks for listening to Part 1 of Sleepy by Anton Chekhov. As I said before, check out our Patreon page. If you're on our Instagram page, then let us know what you're liking about these stories and and if you have any suggestions for future ones. We know a lot of you are interested in Russian culture and Russian language, so you might know some interesting stories that we don't know yet, and we want to hear about that. So connect with us there. Stay tuned for part two, and we'll see you there.